Richardson. Stopped by Platt. Here's Steve Bold. And it's Adams. Put through by Bold. Would you believe it? That sums it all up. Hello everyone, just a quick one before we get started today. This podcast was recorded about 24 hours before the announcement was made that Arsenal versus Tottenham, the North London derby, scheduled for this Sunday, has now been postponed after Arsenal requested a postponement because of a lack of players. It is a shame, of course, but I'm going to release this podcast anyway because it was a good conversation. Uh, an Arsenal fan, a Spurs fan, differing opinions, different voices talking about the game on Sunday itself, but also looking at a broader sense of where Tottenham and Arsenal are at on their respective journeys. And yeah, we've got some good conversation in there. It's still relevant. So I hope you enjoy today's podcast and enjoy your weekend, even though there's no North London derby to fill our Sunday afternoon. Hello there and welcome back to another episode of That Sums It All Up with me, your host, Alfie Steiner. Hope everyone started 2022 in a positive, healthy and happy as can be way. On today's podcast, we look ahead to the weekend's North London derby. Coincidentally, just before starting to record, it has been announced that Arsenal have officially requested the postponement of the North London derby on Sunday due to a lack of or supposed lack of first team players. We'll definitely have a few words of discussion about that. In any case, if it does go ahead, which, I mean, if we've requested a postponement, it looks like it probably won't. But when it does go ahead, it's a massive game. Potential six-pointer, both teams, fifth and sixth, both teams vying for sort of similar positions in the league. And with me today to discuss all things Arsenal, Tottenham and North London derby related to Sam. Previously, words on We Are Tottenham TV. We spoke twice throughout the course of last season um, before each North London derby. So it'd be interesting to sort of compare and contrast where we, where our respective clubs are at this moment in time. In keeping with tradition. Hello, Sam. Good evening. How are you? I'm all right. How it's been feels like ages since those two games last season. A lot's gone on at my football club in the last year uh, when, yeah. since we last spoke. So, yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to Sunday, but whether it goes ahead, obviously, we don't know. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a shame if it gets called off, but yeah, um, hopefully, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sort of like you. I was looking forward to it as well, and you know, we Arsenal managed to get a nil-nil draw at Liverpool uh, on Thursday evening, which was a bit of a surprise considering, well, on the one hand, Granit Xhaka getting sent off after 25 minutes, but then also we were down to the bare bones squad-wise anyway. Um, So, look, let's... um, I mean, first of all, I'll ask your opinion on on the general postponements, and then we're just going to treat this podcast as if the game is going ahead on Sunday because I think it's still useful to discuss sort of your feelings, my feelings on on Arsenal and Tottenham at the moment. Um, I mean, I, I'm i still unclear as to what the official rules are COVID-wise because before there was no clarity. Now it seems that you need, I think it's 13 outfield players plus a goalkeeper or something like that to be legible for a, for a game. But that can encompass COVID, injuries, I think suspensions as well now. Uh, Afcon players. So, so where does the where does where do you draw the line? And like you mentioned to me just before off air, we've all got academies, Premier League teams. So, so can you not just you know put out a team 
regardless of what's going on at the moment. I don't know where, where you stand um, mainly on that. No, I agree. I think you, I think you actually got it right with the thirteen outfield players and the twelve, um, and like twelve players and a goalkeeper, or, or thirteen players and a goalkeeper. But like you said, every team's got academies, and teams like Arsenal and Chelsea rave about theirs, so use them. Um, I think that's what they're there for. I, I realise that you need. I think that is a fair amount. I think the thirteen players, I think, is fair, but. Use your academy if you can't. I think it's getting a bit. I think this would be the twenty. I saw it be the twentieth postponement this season. Should it be postponed Sunday? And I think it's just. I mean, across the league, it's just getting ridiculous. Going to be going. Not going to finish this season till the World Cup next year. At this rate, um, <laughs> you just got to get on with it. And if it if it means you have to play some seventeen year old kid in midfield on Sunday, so be it. Like it's not. To be honest, I have no sympathy for Arsenal because they've loaned out two players in the last week, mm. and that's. I mean, why on earth you would do that, knowing you're in this situation, knowing mm. you're, you've got a thin squad, why you would let your central midfielder, your backup central midfielder in general go on loan is beyond me. It's bizarre. It's beyond me. But And that's why I think the Premier League should go turn around and say, no, we're not postponing it because you decided to sell your players. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of Arsenal fans are somewhat perplexed at the decision to let Ainsley Maitland-Niles go on loan sort of directly before this period of games where we knew that we'd be very short in central midfield before we knew that Granit Xhaka would get sent off. But I think when you start Granit Xhaka, that's always a possibility. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with you to some extent. But I think, I mean, we just, we saw sort of last week what happened with the Liverpool game. They got the, the first leg of the Carabao Cup postponed. And I don't think that that was necessary in the end. And then ultimately we're able to feel a, feel a stronger, stronger team um, last night. Obviously the result didn't go their way, but it seems as if, yeah, a lot of teams are now sort of, yeah, latching onto the fact that maybe postponements are maybe a bit too easy to get, to get exactly. organised. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I think Mikel Arteta has been very clear that Arsenal wants to play games and this, that and the other. And I don't think... You know, we've actually been one of the sides that haven't been so adversely affected by COVID. I think we got one game postponed, which was the Wolves game, but that was on Wolves, not us. Um, but yeah, I think when what it comes down to, you know, COVID-wise, like you say, I think we've got Martin Erdegaard, and I'm struggled to think of any other COVID cases. So it's a combination have, of all the other have, factors. We have one as well. We've got well, no one knows who it is. I can tell you, unfortunately, for you, it's not Harry Kane. Um, <laughs> But we have one. No one knows who it is. But I don't. I mean, when we had our we had games postponed in the middle of the, uh, middle of December, Brighton and Leicester. But that was because we had over twenty cases in the. I mean, I think we had sixteen players. The entire mm. under twenty threes. Um, I remember Lucas, Son, Dyer, loads of them had it, mm. and um, even Conte's assistants got it. Um, and we eventually had to postpone the games. And that's I mean, when that was happening. You're like, yeah, fair enough. I mean. You've barely got a backroom staff, let alone a squad. Um, but to have, I mean, I'm like I said before, injuries are unfortunate. Mm. Um, part of the game, Afcon, you knew it was coming, mm. um, and Aubameyang wouldn't be playing Sunday if he was here or not. You ban, you he's been banished from the first team, mm. uh, and you've sold two players, which is bizarre to me. Um, so, um, yeah, like I said, no sympathy, but hopefully, yeah. yeah. Hopefully it just goes ahead, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm sort of in your. I kind of want the game to go ahead, but I also think, look, as a as a biased Arsenal fan, if the club feel 
selfishly or you know they'd benefit from having the game postponed then look i'm i'm kind of for it even though it's we maybe not in keeping with uh with with playing the fair game or whatever but i i, I know but also, like, also would you not rather play spurs now whilst they've got no central def- not no central defender sorry no eric dio who plays in the middle of the back three there's no one else that can do what he does with the sort of quarterback role he's been given um no no son um on sunday i can't there were a couple more missing I think I definitely I'd rather face you now without Son Eric Dyer. Uh, not too fussed so about him. Play, <laughs> nah, you'd rather face us with with without Eric Dyer than with him in a back two. He's not been great under previous this under Conte in the middle of this back three. He's given sort of this. I call we call it the quarterback role. He's been really really good. Really, um, probably our yeah. best player Conte so far. So interesting. Uh, he's, been a big miss. he's been a big big miss um, in the last, in that semi final against Chelsea. Yeah. Well, look. Let, let's get on to that semi-final just as we're talking about it. Unfortunately, things didn't go your way and, and we'll broaden this conversation into sort of a recent discussion about Spurs in general. Um, you lost the first leg 2-0. Um, I think it was a, a relatively comfortable first half for Chelsea. And then I think you got a bit better in the second half, but f- failed to score. And then a couple of evenings ago, you lost the second leg 1-0. Um I mean, not not great. I don't know what you were expecting from that and, and how you assess the performances. Um, I mean, the guy who actually came in for Eric Dyer, Tanganga, was at fault for all three goals mm. in the fight. All three goals were fully avoidable. I mean, the second one in the set in the first leg was just laughable. Um I think Wednesday night, Conte realized that we weren't gonna go through because Chelsea had gone full strength. And he didn't, you know, back up goalie. Mm. Matt Doherty, left back. We didn't have Son. Um, so it's sort of Wednesday was sort of like, right, let's prioritise Sunday. But the first, the first, I was on a plane for the majority of the first leg, but I saw the first half, which was where the damage was done. Um, and it was really poor. Probably the worst has been under Conte. But again, and I don't know what to put it down to either. Um, just missing players. No real cohesion. No, we lack we lack creativity at the moment. We're sort of very bereft of any creativity. Mm. Um, but the semi-final, let's, we, our record at Chelsea is appalling. I don't think any Spurs fans really expected much with how good they are um, at the moment under Tuchel. I think both, both. I mean, you did really well to get that nil-nil last night. I think both ties. If had Spurs got Liverpool, also would have been a tough, tough, tough draw. Um, mm. uh, it was. Frustrating because um, obviously we're on that big trophy drought that everyone talks about, but mm. um, it's hard to put it down. So I don't want to be too negative about it because at the end of the day, Conte's yet to lose a league game. Mm. Um, he's, we haven't lost a league game since since Halloween, and we're going into February. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to be too down about it. Like we lost to the European champions in a semi final without, for, and for one of the legs, we didn't have Son. Missing both our missing our main defend our two main defenders in both games. Romero has been missing for two months, um, and he was meant to be back on Sunday. He's meant to be back this Sunday. Um, so I don't want to be too I don't want to be too down about it. The problem is midfield. We, I mean, as you may have seen, our midfield is it's rather boring. Is how I put it. It's not a <laughs> midfield. It's nothing special. It's very dry. It's like a plain piece of bread. Um, 
Well, you've got you know, you've got a very exciting midfielder, but he's. I think I read today that he's now been told to train alone, um, yeah, and, um, and that's a separate conversation. Um, but yeah, it, it sounds as if the the Chelsea games were, you know, a few mitigating circumstances. You probably needed your 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 absolutely strongest eleven to to have a chance, um, and maybe you were missing uh, a few too many crucial players, Son included. But as you say, you you, you struggle against Chelsea anyway. Yeah, but the squad itself is just at the moment it's not really good enough. If we if we didn't sign a player this this window and somehow got into the top four, it would be a mixture of a miracle and luck. Mm. Um, so we need some. We need a midfielder. We need a, another striker. Um, this is, I think, the third season of Harry Kane being the only uh, main striker at the club. Mm. Um, and we're looking at Adama Traore for right wing back. Yeah, I, I had a few questions about that, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave that for a bit. I just want to, I don't know if you saw the Arsenal game last night, but seeing as we discussed okay. the Spurs Carabao Cup semi-final, Arsenal obviously were in action last night at Anfield, got a nil-nil draw in the end, which really sort draw. of felt like a win, to be honest, because... I think most people will be backing you for the second leg. Well, you'd hope so. I think hopefully with, with a few players back and maybe a signing or two or or just in general, the fact that we've managed to get a nil-nil draw at Anfield with 10 men playing for the most of the game and then taking them back to the Emirates. Hopefully the the, the atmosphere will be good. But, you know, we, we defended valiantly. Um, Xhaka, I'm going to leave that conversation for another time because I think me and you probably, even though you support Spurs, I support Arsenal, we probably have very similar perceptions of Granite Xhaka. Yeah, so he, um, he, he doesn't really merit too much conversation. But... Did, what stood out for you from a from a sort of non-Arsenal fan perspective uh, last night when you were watching um, at Anfield, if anything? Impressed with the, with the the work rate, the defending. The, I was impressed. However, obviously, you know, Liverpool weren't... I mean, if Salah and Mane are playing, I'm going to be honest, I think they score. Um, so that's... That's how I feel on that one. But I thought you defended really well. Obviously, you were missing players as well and you had injuries. I thought you deserved the point. The point, sorry. I thought you deserved the draw. Yeah. The draw. Uh, and I thought you deserved a clean sheet. They didn't really do anything to cause any trouble. But there's this weird thing going around that whenever Arsenal play really well, right, or they, or they put a good performance, they get so much praise from everyone, journalists, pundits, uh, fans, yet they don't win the game. I saw it against Man City. Oh, Arsenal were amazing. You know, mm. all of this prep, but they lost. Oh, this is how you play, should play against Man City. But no, they lost. Did you we watch played. the, sorry, did you watch the Manchester City games out of curiosity? Um, yeah, and you did play well, but you lost. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. And we won. Crystal Palace played Man City and they won, but no one, mm. no one raved about any any of our performances like that. Like I think, I think the Arsenal performance, you know, it did get credit and I think, Having having watched that game, uh, albeit slightly hungover on New Year's Day, I think, yeah, you're right to point out that we didn't win the game and, and we should have won the game. And maybe it's a bit strange that we got sort of the uh, the reaction in the media that we did. But I think with Arsenal, just because, and it's sort of not embarrassing, but because of our struggles against a team like Manchester City and, for example, Liverpool maybe as well over the last few years and we get absolutely battered by them. And that first, and I know, look, it's only the first 45 minutes and then, you know, Granit Xhaka does a Granit Xhaka and then some crazy, like, couple of minutes 
uh, from Gabriel and then the whole game changes. But even after that, we defended well. And I think they were very lucky to get that that last goal. But yeah, that, that first 45 minutes, I think, I mean, a lot of Arsenal fans were sort of over the moon just because of we hadn't seen us compete against arguably like, you know, one of the best footballing sides in the world, but actually like not just sitting sitting back and uh, absorbing pressure and then hitting them on the counter. We were actually like dominating them. And it was it was it was very refreshing. But I I, I take your point that, you know, it's um with Arsenal. We 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 gotta get to that point where and maybe we're not there yet and maybe it will happen next year where we're putting in these performances and getting praised, but we've got to start winning the games. It it came across as if you were being praised because you didn't lose five nil again. But that's how it came. It came across that oh, they only lost by one. They played really well. Uh, I I I, I can see that may, may, maybe that would come across. But I think actually a lot of the a lot of the reception was not that Arsenal didn't lose five 0 That was maybe ingrained in it. But a lot of the reception was Arsenal deserved to win the game. It wasn't based upon oh, it's because they didn't lose five 0 Whether that had an impact on it anyway, but I think a lot of the lot of the sort of taking on that game was was based upon us really taking it to Manchester City in a way that I think a lot of people hadn't seen done to Manchester City um, for a while. But look, we're, we're I've been impressed with you in recent weeks in general. Um, however, you do beat the teams I expected to, and Arsenal in general, Arsenal was a club to beat. I expect you to beat Leeds, West Ham. Uh, I, I can't. You, you have to. I can't yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, and Arsenal fans expect Arsenal fans expect that as well. But I think then, where 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 to, I was going to say what it comes down to is you when it when it comes to a game you need to win or beating one of the big boys you don't you lose. Yeah, I think with Arsenal we've we've struggled over the last few years to, as you say, win the games that people expect a big club like Arsenal, if you're going to use that phrase, um, to win. And I think that period over Christmas, we were winning those games, but in a very, very convincing way that we hadn't seen for a while. And, you know, it's a, it's a young team where they're starting to put these consistent performances together. And I think that's what sort of convinced people. And, and, you know, I think rightly so these, these young boys who are, you know, 20, 21 years old, younger than us, are are scoring goals, assisting and and playing really well. So, yeah, I think with Arsenal's development, it, I'm very happy with the fact that we are winning the games that, as you say, we should be expecting to win. And at least we're competing now in these bigger games, whether we're going to lose or, or draw, you know, draw like we did yesterday. Um, to be honest, we probably lose the game if Xhaka doesn't get sent off in a weird way. Um, and Man City, yeah, that was incredibly frustrating. But I think maybe it's a different sort of perception because Arsenal fans will hold on to that first half because they had not seen something like yeah. that for so long. Um, it is a bit of a weird one. I actually do feel like if you had 11, you would have lost them. It felt like they were Liverpool were creating the better chances at 11 v 11. Mm. Than, and you, maybe that's obviously because you dropped deep. Yeah, and we, and we brought on another centre back, but they definitely struggled a bit yeah. more. But look, um, let's that's, that's credit to you. That's credit to you. I do think you defended really well last night. I have to say, um, I think I think some of the praise on Ben White of recent weeks has been a bit extreme. I think he's very overrated. But I thought he was really good. I thought the whole back, all of the defenders last night were were excellent. For mm. I mean, uh, when you when you say he's been 
the, the, a lot of praise over the last well, few just, weeks. He got a lot of praise I, yesterday. It's what I listen to on Talk Sport, if I'm being honest. Some of the fact, honestly, people. Yeah, it, it sounds like it. Should be in the um, England starting eleven, and I'm like, mm, I'm not sure on that one. But um, no, he's he's having a quietly sort of promising season, given the start that he had and the sort of criticism that he came in for. Um, I think he had a very good performance last night, and I think. You know, he's recognised with man of the match. Not that Sky Sports necessarily went into too much detail on it. And yeah, I, I think so good. too. And 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 he was very good. But uh, uh, there were actually some other Arsenal players I thought that could have been man of the match as well. But uh, yeah, well, I thought, thought Giratini was really good last night as well. Yeah, no, he he was he was That's great. That. He's he's definitely getting back to his best. So I wanted to ask you about talking about Spurs, and obviously we we're in January and. I saw that Daniel Levy was off in the Bahamas uh, meeting with Joe Lewis to discuss <laughs> a transfer strategy. We know Antonio Conte is very demanding. Um, a lot of people, or I, not a lot of people, I've seen it sort of mentioned in reports and in press conferences that, you know, he, he there are some fears that if he doesn't get what he wants, then he won't hesitate to walk. Not that that will happen very soon, but, you know, he's, now. I think he's done it on previous occasions and I'm not saying that he's going to go in in January but are you are you concerned that maybe you won't give him what he wants in this window and what is it that he wants because it sounds um, as if you're tracking Adama Traore and want to play him at right wing back you talk about the Bahamas meeting so the outcome of that apparently was they just they settled on a right wing like they said that they'll back a right wing back and an attacker and if they can get a central midfielder in as well I don't think we'll get that. I think we'll get one player in the summer, but this, this window personally. But I don't. But I think everyone knows January is difficult. Um, mm. I think that report of him leaving was more based about the summer than yeah, yeah, of there, course. There's a lot of rumours he'll be heavily back this summer. Mm. Uh, but it remains to be seen. I'd love a Dharma Traore. I think he's a cheat code. Um, I think all you got to do is give him the ball and just that's it. He's off. Mm. Uh, and I think if Conte can coach him like he coached players such as Ashley Young and Victor Moses in that and Hakimi in that wing-back position, mm. um, then we could be in business. But he hasn't signed yet, and it's very Tottenham to now to end up with Victor Moses himself now. Um, but look, we'll have to look. Obviously, everyone knows Leave what Levy is like. Everyone knows what Tottenham is like when it comes to spending. Now he got the man in terms of him and our director of football, Fabio Paratici. They got the man they wanted. Um, Albeit half, six, five, six months later, later than they wanted him, but they got him. Now they've got to back him. Otherwise, like you said, he will he will just walk. Mm. But I think I think you should probably, you, as you say, you, you're expecting him to be backed because I don't think Daniel Levy would have you know overseen this managerial appointment without Conte sort of demanding that those are the terms of him joining the club. So I, I think you will you will sign people. But Adama Traore is a strange one because Emerson Royale obviously joined in the summer. Um, I think it was, you know, upwards to 30 million euros uh, in total from Barcelona. I mean, I haven't watched him too closely. Um, I've had him in my fantasy team recently and he sort of gets me a few points. But a lot of Spurs fans aren't necessarily that convinced. And I read in the Times, I think that, you know, Barcelona were were shocked that you paid so much for him. What what's your assessment of of Emerson Royale and sort of the right wing back position? Because it's been a, a been a problem position for you, having signed well not well, just right wing back but I right back with Doherty and yeah, Emerson well, Royale. 
I think they they want another right wing back. So a because like you said, Matt, Matt Doherty could be the worst footballer I've ever seen in my life. Um, and um, B because and on Emerson, he's twenty two years old. Um, doesn't speak any English. I think God, I don't think he's been off. He's been okay. He hasn't set the world alight. Um, the problem is going forward. Conte, you know, with Conte's wing backs, the main thing is the system goes through the fullbacks, the wing backs, um, flying down that side. And he's got the athleticism, he's got the energy, he's got pace, or sort of pace. His final ball is just awful. And that's what the problem is. Um, his final ball is nowhere near good enough. And I mean, if last night, uh, Wednesday night, if you were watching, you would have seen when he had a great chance to put it back. Yeah, I saw. He booted it to the, out for a throw. But as you say, um, he's 22. Is there not room to sort of improve? And you, you've I invested think, quite yeah. a lot of money in him? Or, or, or will he sort of rotate with, with the Dharma Traore if, if you're targeting him? Yeah, especially with how bad Matt Doherty is. I think they want to get him out and mm. give Emerson sort of back... Play, get Adama in as a first choice wing back and have Emerson not have to play every game and rely on him every game in such an important system, in such, in such an important position in the system. Um, yeah. And also, I think with Adama, he can really play anywhere. Like I said, all you've got to do is give him the ball. Um, yeah, I, I, could, I could definitely see a signing like that happen. I mean, ironically, you know, I was sort of expecting him maybe to follow Nuno Espirito Santo in the summer because he wasn't playing so much at Wolves. He still doesn't play so much at Wolves these days, um, which is a bit of a strange one because every time he's on the pitch, he's he's so sort of dangerous. But yeah, there's obviously been issues with his sort of end product, funnily enough. So look, let's let's take the um, let's take the conversation to a broader a broader sort of level, and we'll sort of base it on this North London derby, but. We don't know whether it's going to go ahead now. You, since we've last spoke, you've actually had four people in charge of your of your football club. So you've had Jose Mourinho, Ryan Mason, Nuno Espirito Santo, and Antonio Conte. It's been yeah. And when I was writing that down, I was like, no, it's been three. And then I realised it's actually since we last spoke, you've had four people in charge. And so, like that in itself is a reflection of how tumultuous maybe it's been at Spurs. And it looks as if things are settling at the moment just with Conte and you finally got your man obviously as an Arsenal fan I was I was laughing a bit in the summer um obviously you got Conte in the end and I think oh, really? that, that that's uh that's a that's a great coup but you know Nuno Espirito Santo I think was was not even in your top 10 managerial candidates and you went down and down and down and down and down the list and you know Conte said no and then Nuno came in and it, and it didn't quite work and he was gone straight away. And I guess credit to Daniel Levy for being as cutthroat he is, as he is. Um, went back, tail between his legs, said, oh, I'll, I'll give you the money, Conte, please. Just just, just come to us, please. And he's there now. So just a few words on, your, on the sort of managerial merry-go-round in a way and sort of where you've how you've developed from, you know, when we last spoke, when, when Mourinho was in charge and, and where you are now. Farcical. There's a word I'd use to describe it for the postponement this weekend and for our managerial merry-go-round this summer. I think Nuno was literally last resort, as we all realised by game week four of this season. Mm. Um, after a fluky start, he ended up not being the right man. I mean, it, it summed it up when we played you earlier in the season and we decided to play a 4-0-3-1 um, in midfield. 
We're not literally. I mean, do you remember a central midfielder playing for Spurs that day? Because there was a giant gap in there. Which is strange because at, at Wolves he was so sort of tactically assured and and quite reliable and consistently not, grind out the results, but was he wasn't at Spurs. No, not a good fit. Um, but look, like you said, credit to Levy, he managed to get what I think is the top three-ish managers in the world. Um, I mean, if Conte walked into the Spurs squad and we had our team of 2017, you know, with the, the Ericsson, Dembele, Dele Alli, Wanyama, um, I'd be over the moon. You know, I'd be talking about league titles, but he's unfortunately walked into a team full of Matt Doherty, um, Tanganga, Winks, Etc. I could go on. Some brilliant, um, some brilliant names in there. To be fair, I need. I, I, he needs. He needs to be backed, or else we won't do anything. It's. It's. It, it's give him the money, or just stay where we are, floating around the middle for. for well, this is the thing with Spurs that I find, and this is. I'm. I'm. You know. I. I don't want this to come across as a sort of bias, sort of slant towards you guys, but I find it. I mean, it's a bit strange because you've got sort of Kane and Son who are, you know, world-class and and uh, not many better than those two individually or as a pairing. And then you've sort of got a weird collection of players around them. Some of them are decent. Some of them are they not... They wouldn't look at a place in League 2. Yeah, not very good. And then I sort of struggle to see... I don't know, maybe again, it's sort of because I've been carried away by, you know, Arsenal's sort of project youth and bought into that project. But I don't see your sort of young players coming through. And I know that, you know, you've got uh, you've got Antonio Conte there and he's he's going to oversee this rebuild, but he's not necessarily a, a rebuild coach or a long-term coach. And it sort of needs to happen now. So I guess, you know, as you were saying, he needs to be back big sort of pretty quickly because, you know, he doesn't tend to stick around at clubs for more than, say two to three years. So yeah, it's yeah. it's a strange situation that you guys find yourself in. And and of course we'll we'll, we'll touch upon the Harry Kane situation, whether you can even call it a situation now, but you know, after what happened in the summer. Um what what do you make of of the Spurs kind of like squad and where Conte can sort of realistically expect to take you sort of within the perhaps short time frame that he's going to be at the club or may, or maybe you think um, he might stay longer. I don't know. Whether he stays longer would be depend on how much money he gets or how much he gets backed. Uh, yeah. he, re- he rebuilt Juve back in um, the early 2010s. Mm. Um, so uh, mo- every manager is capable of, capable of a rebuild. And he did a similar honest, job at Inter to be fair. Exactly. And to be honest, he took Chelsea from 10th to 1st in nine months. So I, when it comes to a rebuild, we don't need a player... We don't need to sign a goalie. We've got a World Cup winning goalie. We don't need to sign us. We need to sign a second striker. We don't need to sign a Harry Kane. We don't need to sign, in my opinion, a left back. But we need to sign midfielders. We need some creativity. We needed a left sided centre back because I think Romero is unbelievable. Great, great signing he's been. Um, and we've missed him a lot as well since he's been out. And if we can get this trial, Adama right wing back, it's just the contest it himself. If you want to compete, you need two players in each position. And right now, we either have one or two very poor players in each position. Mm. Um, the squad is very mediocre, very outdated, and very average. Um, so, and the recruitment in recent years has been either okay, appalling, or you get the odd lucky one in Romero, who has turned out to be really, really good. Just on your on your summer signings, uh, we've spoken about Emerson Royale. You, I mean, he's twenty two, so he's still relatively young. 
Um, Romero, obviously, I think came in for what something like sixty million quid or something like that. But I know that on loan until the end of the season, they and then and then it's an obligation. But you know, he he was renowned as one of the best centre backs in in Serie A, and I think he did make a decent start with you um, before getting injured. I know you did that sort of swap and cash deal for Eric Lamella and getting is his name Brian Hill in. Yeah. And he's sort of flattered to deceive at this moment in time. He's not really had too many minutes, but he's young as well, I guess. It, it, it feels like maybe. Yeah, it feels like a very sort of, I don't know, Spurs signing that you just have these sort of players that, you know, do do kind of well at Sevilla and that sort of club and then come to you and then don't play that much. Or, you know, I'm thinking of like uh who did you sign from Leon a few few years ago or like Marseille? You had a few of those guys who were sort of young and promising and then they just like nothing happens to them. But yeah, your recruitment, I think, you know, you'd hope that it gets a bit better and it will definitely be a bit more refined under Antonio Conte because he's very sort of militant in what he wants. And, and that's probably a good thing for you. And I think also that's why a lot of people think why, why did Manchester United sort of pass up the opportunity to get Conte in because they could also do with sort of what Conte... Hopefully, will do for you getting in before you're not. I don't know what, even from a con from Conte's point of view, why you wouldn't either go to United or United take him. I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I think Conte was 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 ready for that United job. Um, yeah, and they they didn't come to him, uh, for, for whatever reason. But Manchester United is another conversation. I'm going to ask you now what you want from, from this season, uh, before we get into just talking about some recent North London derbies and talking about Arsenal before finishing up today. Um, what, yeah, what constitutes as a successful in adverted commas season, given where you are now? Top four. We're, we're in the driving seat for top four. Hmm. You, who's there now? West Ham. West Ham. Yeah. Well, we're, I think we're four points off West Ham and we played two games less than both of you. Mm. So that's yeah. so surely if you're Daniel Levy, you're looking at that and going, all right, if I just get two players in for Conte, mm. it could be it get, I mean, how much if you get in the Champions League, that you basically make your money back anyway. Mm. And the amount of money he makes on a match day as well is a disgrace yeah. to not spend it. He makes yeah, somewhere it's... between five and six million on a match day. Mm. Yeah, so I guess. As you say, you've got a couple of games in hand. You, you've done well domestically um, since Conte's come in. Not lost a game, as you said. Um, and he's a, he's a, you know one of the best managers in the world. And you've got a couple you know world class players, and and maybe he can coach some of the less uh, flattering players to sort of do an adequate job to maybe propel you into a top four finish. I mean, I, I'm obviously hoping that that doesn't happen. And I think Manchester United are still probably in with a chance just because of yeah. the quality that they have up there. And, you know, if Arsenal do a tiny bit of business in this, in this January window, then, then oh. who knows? But, you know, I wasn't going into this season being like, we're going to get top four. I think we sort of found ourselves there because of postponements and and some decent form. Um, but it's sort of similar to you in the sense that I think the reasons we're being linked with, with someone like Dusan Vlahovic is um, because it's a great opportunity. You know, if you sign a, a player like that and you're actually in sort of the hunt for top four very close to it then then why wouldn't you if you're an ambitious club sort of try and try and get ahead of your rivals um which i think in a way is maybe it's sort of slightly similar um in the sense that we both sort of would like our um our squads to be strengthened with a sort of really really top player or two um i think, to sort of I think we have the same issue. no i think spurs and arsenal have the same problem in terms of 
both of us, I think if you have your strongest starting 11 out available, you know, that includes party. And if you want, it includes Aubameyang. I don't know if you, in your opinion, he gets into the strongest Arsenal 11. Um, and you have the Tottenham strongest starting 11. Both those starting 11s are good enough for top four, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, but the problem, both of us have the same problem of our squad is just awful. I think mm. you have, for example, for example, at Spurs, you take Harry Kane away or Son, we're screwed. In Arsenal, if in my opinion, you can tell me that they're replaceable. You take out Gabriel, um, you take out Gabriel, Ben White, or I don't know, Tommy um, Asu. Odegaard. I, I, I was going to say Smith Rowe, Saka. Saka, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of any, course. The, like, the options know, any, aren't there. Yeah. Any of these players, suddenly you, you go into games thinking, oh, you know what, without him, we might struggle today. Mm. Um, whereas if we, you go into games with your full 11, you go, okay, I'll back us to get the result, to get the job done. Mm. Um, and, that's the, and that's the problem. If you want top four, you need the you need a squad, not a, um, not a starting eleven. That's why Chelsea, City, and I mean Liverpool are just a machine. But Chelsea, I was about to, um, Chelsea have Reese James, Ben, and Ben Chilwell, their first choice left backs and right backs out. So they've got as a replacement the likes of Hudson Odoi. And I know Chelsea fans don't rate him, and I hate him. But Marcus Alonso, mm. uh, as um there were yeah, talks but, of them trying to sign Luca Dini before he we went to Villa. City mm. have Bernardo and Rodri and Mares and De Bruyne and yeah, those, those two are sort of a cut above them, and can't and, get a game. Yeah, and Liverpool, Liverpool sort of have a reliant on that that sort of uh, core group of players, but they still have players who can come in and out. And as you say, they're a sort of machine, almost an exception to the rule because they have been sort of, as we saw last year, to be honest, though, you know, a lot of their key players were injured at, at crucial times in the season and and they sort of dropped off massively. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's um, it's true that, that Arsenal definitely, and I think, as you're saying, Spurs struggle with the sort of, um, you know, the squad players, who's going to come in when, when others can't play. And I think Arsenal were sort of maybe looking forward to that this season just because we didn't have European football and so we thought, oh, we'll be able to put the same 11 out every week. But obviously with COVID and postponements and other cups and all of that sort of stuff, it hasn't been possible all the time when with AFCON as well. So, yeah, as you say, uh, for a top four, I mean, to compete with the likes of Manchester United who aren't playing well, but, you know, they've got a, a an exceptional level of talent in their squad, whether who, whoever starts or who or who's on the bench. But, yeah, as you say, I think Spurs fans like yourself want to finish in the top four and given that you're in the driving seat albeit having a game or two in hand I think yeah that's a realist I mean I was going to say before you, you should be winning a, a piece of silverware I thought the Carabao Cup would be a really good chance for you to sort of win it but obviously Chelsea are Chelsea and they're a good side and maybe that was easier said than done but um, I think that would definitely be a primary aim. I mean, would you take like an FA Cup win as opposed to a, a top four finish, just in terms of silverware? It's a good question. It's a hard one because obviously at the time, right now, it's, you know, you don't know. I, I know, I know Spurs fans will disagree with me and a lot of people will disagree. I really think that the top four is so important these days. You can't mm. attract players if you're not in the top four. They can't really attract. You can tell me you can, but you, it's just a game changer, really. Mm. Um, a lot of players just won't come simply because they're not in the Champions League. I yeah. think it's a massive game changer. Um, and I think if you said 
to a player we won the FA Cup last season. I don't think they're going to care. Yeah, no, definitely, it's not got the same attraction. Um, look, let's let's move on because I'm I'm aware of time. Let's talk quickly about Arsenal, and then we'll we'll round up with a sort of assessment I, of. I of did Reece. want to ask you about your thoughts on Arsenal because obviously you did lose to Nottingham Forest less than a week ago. We did, that we did. Was my, that, that was, was a, a lovely birthday present for me. Well, uh, uh, the irony of sort of that day or, or that weekend, I think you've actually played Morecambe on the day, didn't you? And you were one nil down until whatever minute and and it was all going off on Twitter and it was hilarious and it was like, oh, Spurs, Spurs. And then you brought on a couple of senior players and, and put them to bed as you should have done. And then Arsenal sort of play Nottingham Forest and just deserve to lose in, in every single sense of the word. Um, they outcompeted us. We didn't have... You know, like you say, the drop-off of quality between what we have normally in that first eleven and, and what we have as a second string was not enough on the day to compete with Nottingham Forest. Um, and yeah, it should be enough for, for a club like Arsenal, but the reality is it wasn't. And a lot of those players are either, you know, there was a 17-year-old who who you know, struggled and he's very promising and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, that, that was a game which was a shame because even with a depleted side, that level of performance was was pretty, pretty yeah. bad. Um, well, you'd expect a shot on target at the very least, no? Well, not, maybe not with Eddie and Ketia playing up front, to be honest. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not an Eddie, Eddie and Ketia hater, but yeah, uh, it was one of those games where... Magic of the FA Cup, I'll put it down to. But yeah, no, obviously Arsenal should have done better and it, it's slightly embarrassing. But, you know, we move on. As you said, you you, you thought that Arsenal were, were impressive defensively against Liverpool. And that's, again, like we went, went down to 10 men, 25th minute or something like that. And look, Liverpool weren't great and they could have won it at the end, but we defended very well. I think we've seen Arsenal teams crumble uh, big time in in previous situations like that. I mean, even against Manchester City when we da- went down for ten men that last half an hour, um, you know they they weren't getting a look in, and then right at the end the ball broke to Rodri, and that was all a bit of a shame. But it's been a big amount of change, mainly squad wise, and and sort of where we're going since we last spoke. Because I mean, I was looking through the show notes of of when we spoke last, and you know we had the likes of. Burnt Leno starting every game. Hector Bellerin holding as a sort of first choice centre back alongside David Louise. Willian was playing alongside Aubameyang. Sabios was around. Mustafi was on the bench. Maitland Niles, Joe Willock, Cedric was starting. I mean, it's just you know the amount of turnaround has been has been crazy, and you know we've sort of seen the emergence of these young players, um, and I think you know, they've sort of aligned more with with where we are at the moment and, and that connection between fans and players and club, it, it's all a bit positive at the moment, regardless yeah, of sort no, of a, a, few, a few difficult results. But I think Arsenal fans are, are willing to sort of put up with a bit of difficulty just because of, or at least I am, because it's a young team. But but how do you view sort of where, where we are at the moment and sort of how we've evolved over the last year or so? You can see the idea... That's for sure. That you can see what he wants to do. You can see who he, the kind of players he wants to buy. Um, you can see, you know, the style of play, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I said earlier, I've been impressed, especially recent weeks. I think, um, but I just think, <laughs> and it's funny because it reminds me of Spurs a bit. When it comes down to it, you don't do it. Mm. You know, when it comes to really, you know, show, when, when you go on a good run, and then it comes to that time where it's sort of like, right, if they win. 
this game or they get through this one of games with this amount of points, then we'll be able to go, you know what? They've turned a corner. They've, they've, and every time it comes to it, you, you don't do it. And it's the same with Spurs. You know, that's why we have the term Spursy. And I know the players are young and it's a different squad, but it, that is essentially what it comes down to. I mean, um, it was sort of, you'd beaten Norwich, like I said, you'd beaten Norwich and Leeds and West Ham over Christmas. And then it was like, right, Man City on, um, you had the rest as well between Boxing Day and Man City. And it was like, right, Man City at home on the, on the early kickoff on the 1st of January. They've just gone to Brentford and they've had to play Leicester. You know, this is an opportunity for Arsenal to show everyone that they mean business. I mean, I we did for 45 minutes. I guess we saw. No, and, and, and I do agree because, you know, I mean, I, as an Arsenal fan, I obviously try and contextualise it a bit more, but you can you can obviously be as a sort of cynical and, and not in a negative sense that, you know, Arsenal don't do it. We should have done it against City. Like the game was there for us. If we had the quality and the, you know, the level of game management and expertise and experience, then we, sh- then we would have won the game. But Xhaka makes a Xhaka challenge. Gabriel has a rush of blood to the head. And we lose the game. And, if you know, it felt different to, say, uh, losing two on the bounce to Everton and, and Manchester United, which were pretty dire um, earlier, just before Christmas. Yeah. But as you say, yeah, it, it sort of seems like we go on a bit of a run and then we lose a few. But I think, you know, uh, a lot of Arsenal fans are not coming to terms with it, but, you know, recognising that Arsenal are a bit like that these days. You, you know, you, you are going to have spells where you play well and then not so well with a young team but also as a team who has finished eighth in successive seasons but it does look like it's getting better now that we've sort of got rid of 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 a lot of players and the thing with these young players is that their you know their improvement hopefully is going to be exponential it's going to it's going to keep going because they're so young and they're doing what they're doing now so i'm 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 hopeful that whether we finish in the top four or not this season um, I'd love us to, but you know, I, I'm I'm behind the players and the project I, because I think there's a there's a good trajectory there. I agree. I also would like to ask, what is the? I know you're going to say Champions League football, but what is the aim of the at the moment of? You know, what is the ceiling of this group in terms of if you don't finish in the top four this season, players that you've got that are really good, and I know they came through academy, and I guess the same goes for Spurs with Harry Kane and and whatnot because. I don't know what they're like as people or how much they love Arsenal, but you know, top players that you've got like Saka and um, and um, Gabriel. I don't know if Smith or you know the, the players that are highly rated at Arsenal. Mm. At what point do they go? All right, we're finishing back to back eighth. Um, we finish. Let's say you finish fifth, sixth. I know anywhere that's not in the top four this season. At what point do they go? Right, yeah, I sort of. I'm especially somebody like Saka. Go. I've had enough of this. I should be playing in the Champions League. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, does that happen? And at what point does the board go to Arteta? Look, we wanted you the whole the whole point. You were supposed to get us in the Champions League. By the time they have this conversation, and you aren't, and let's say you aren't aren't in the top four, you could, it will be what three years him of him in charge almost. Very little progress. You, I mean, I guess if you finish higher than eighth, that is progress. Mm. Um, so at what point do you go? Do you either bite the bullet on Arteta? Do the players start going? You know what? I don't want to be here. And I know you are at the end of the day. You still Arsenal. You can attract players without Champions League football, but can you attract top top players? Still, I, I don't know. You you might a lot of Arsenal fans will go. Yeah, we can. I, I don't know. You, you, they might be right, but at what point does 
sort of this come not I don't know what the word I'm looking for is at what point does this come become yeah what's the what's the end game a bit, a bit repetitive yeah so, I mean look so I think I mean first of all I don't think Arteta was brought in to get Champions League football straight away although that was for a while sort of the way that Arsenal a lot of money. Yeah, well that, well, that was the way that Arsenal were trying to do it. You know, we were trying to make short-term fixes, i.e. Willian, and try and sort of shortcut our way back into the Champions League. Um, just just like, you know, get in there and 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 it didn't work. And I think those sort of, that first period of his career as Arsenal manager, you know, he obviously won the FA Cup and and uh, Aubameyang was playing really well, scoring loads of goals. And, and then it, it sort of, went pear-shaped with the signing of Willian and, and you know, David Luiz playing a lot and all these sort of senior players which who just weren't doing it. And and whether he was doing a good enough job with them or not remains to be seen. But now the outlook has completely changed. And I think, you know, I know that it's... I mean, Arsenal fans sort of laugh at themselves for doing this. But, you know, when you look at sort of tables from various different points in the season and that kind of thing, you know, since certain moments, for example, like in the in the last calendar year, so 2021, you know, we're right up there in terms of points um, accumulated and stuff like that. Um, we've got some of the most promising sort of young talent. And like you say, look, if we don't get into Europe this season then questions will start being asked. Like Saka's due for a renewal relatively soon. He's got, I think, just over, just under two years left on his current deal. Um, who wouldn't take him? And um, so I think, yeah, I think European football has is a must this season. Whether it's Champions League, that would be a bonus. I don't think anyone was expecting that going into this season. And then next season, I think, you know, you're you're trying to get into that top four. But at the same time, it's like, I think Arsenal and Spurs, it is quite tough because you've got Liverpool, Chelsea and Man City guaranteed finishing in the top four. And then you've got Manchester United who really should be finishing in the top four. So I don't know, like, or at least in my head. And and so Arsenal have sort of gone a different direction of going with these young players who, you know, at the beginning of this sort of maybe several year plan of of doing it a different way, we're not going to be able to compete with them financially and sign the players that... Chelsea and Man City are signing. We've had to do it differently. And that's how we get into the into the Champions League places. But it's so competitive. And I, and I think, you know, it's difficult to judge, you know, how can we judge Arsenal as being successful? Because if you're judging it on like league placing, I think, you know, only four teams can finish in the top four. And there's about six who think that they should or could, you know, qualify for the Champions League. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it, it's difficult. Um, but I think, you know, I, I was... Th- I was saying uh, at the turn of the year when I was sort of giving my yearly reflections, you know, if we can get European football improvement on last season, we see some tangible improvements of consistency from these young players on the pitch and go on a decent cup run with the view of really, you know, at the moment, and we haven't been challenged for sort of properly Champions League football for a while. And at the moment, that's what we're doing. And look, who knows how long it it might continue. And I don't want to jinx it or anything, but... I think Arsenal fans are, are Arsenal are doing exactly what Arsenal fans are expecting and hoping for at this current moment in time. And I think that's that's fine for now. Fair enough. I mean, from a Spurs point of view, about, about Spurs, we're underperforming. I think everyone knows that. 
I think Conte at the same time is also getting the best out of what he's got. And I think it's clear, it's just straight up clear to everyone. We need some players. We need some additions. We need some real quality in there. And I think we're only, I was talking about this with, um, with some Spurs boys on Wednesday. We aren't far off being a good team, a really good team. We're a couple of players away. We're a handful of players away, signings away from being that top team that we think we are. Mm. Um, and it all goes back to the Pochettino interview with Gary Lineker years ago. It's no point having this. We've got this lovely house, this lovely stadium, but no furniture inside. Mm. I've got to put the furniture in it. Um, and I, yeah, and just on that, you know, is there, you know, you've got Conte, who is a serial winner. He's one of the best managers in the world. And, you know, as we as I've mentioned a few times, sorry to repeat myself, but his lifespan is probably, what, like two, three years. He's not like a, a long-term project manager. He, he's an immediate-term project manager. And he's... You know, in a in a similar way to how Mourinho was brought in, I'm not saying comparing him to Mourinho, but it's like Conte is the now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the same way that he was brought in to get the most out of Kane and Son and sort of players in the prime. But you know, Kane and Son, they've got what they probably going to align with sort of Conte's exit in terms of like they're they're at their prime for another like what two three years or something like that. I don't I can't yeah, remember how twenty eight and twenty nine twenty eight so, yeah. twenty nine. So they're they're in their moment at the moment, and and you need to really you know maximize that to try and i don't know win a trophy or qualify for the champions league and you've got certain pieces big time but it's whether you can align up other pieces of the jigsaw with them yeah which i'm hoping you don't do obviously but look we we shall see what happens uh come the end of the season and maybe on Sunday, who knows? As as we've mentioned at the top of the podcast, Arsenal have requested well, a postponement. Was there anything you wanted to add on that before we just cast our eyes over? Well, hopefully, it doesn't get postponed. I'd like to just get this game over and done with. It's not a pleasant lead up to the North London derby ever. I'd, I'd like to play you. I think both. I think you'd like to. Well, some Arsenal fans might like to play us now without Son. We'd like to play you now without um, a couple of your uh, important players. Um, so I'd just like to get the game on, but we'll see. It's looking unlikely. I would say that we'll sure predict the lineup, but honestly, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can tell you we'll be, we'll be five at the back and it will be Son and Kane. Uh, it won't be Son and Kane up front. It'll be Lucas and Kane up front. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to try giving you the Arsenal lineup just because we've got quite a few injuries and and yeah. it, in a way it almost picks itself because Ramsdale will be in goal Tommy Asu will be at right back if he recovers from his hamstring or little calf strain I think um, then hopefully it will be Ben White and Gabriel at the back with Tierney at left back and then you come to midfield and that's the issue you've got Lukonga <laughs> and then either you move Ben White up there and then put someone like Rob Holding in a centre-back or you put Callum Chambers in in central midfield but you know he hasn't done that for us at all I know he played there for Fulham and then you've got Saka uh, Smith-Rowe if he's fit because Erdogan's got Covid Martinelli on the left and then Lacazette up front Um, it doesn't look like we're going to sign Arturo Mello from Juventus on loan in time whether that's actually going ahead remains to be seen um, look, let's, let's finish up then with a, with a few little, little questions. Um, I mean, I think I know the answer for, from you and, and I know the answer from me. Who's finishing higher this season, Spurs or Arsenal? Spurs. Spurs. All right. I'll go Arsenal just, just for balance sake. We've talked about where Conte, you sort of think he can take you and 
I guess the hope is to sort of end that trophy drought and and get back into sort of where you were maybe with with Pochettino. Conte, would, Conte, would you, if you back Conte properly and not the way Tottenham are going to back him, you back him like a like a, a Man City or a Chelsea manager gets back. Um, although ironically, he didn't really get backed in Chelsea at Chelsea, which was why it went a bit pear shaped. Mm. Second, but if you back him the way he actually wants to be backed, he'll win you the league title. Mm. But do you have That's the resources to, to sort of back him in the way that he might demand? Who knows? Honestly, who knows? Reports say we do, reports say we don't. Mm. I actually have no idea. Yeah. Um, so that's how it works with Conte. You either give him what he wants and he'll, and he'll give you what you want, or you don't and you won't. And you won't get anything. You won't get, or you'll get very little out of it. Mm. And it'll be a bit pointless, all in all. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully he does, he does get backed. I mean, I'm enjoying the football he's playing. I'm enjoying the five at the back. I think it suits them at the start. The formation suits the players. Mm. Um, the, 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 the athletic reports that the training sessions are incredible. Like The players think the training sessions are incredible. They're absolutely loving it. Um, Sunday will probably be Lloris Emerson, Regulon, Davies, Sanchez, Tanganga. And uh, honestly, it's a dreadful back three. Um Winks and Skip or Hoybier, one of the it'll be two out of those three, and then it'll be Lucas, Lacelso, and, and Kane. Mm. Uh, so yeah. it's just not yeah. an ideal Spurs lineup as well. Um, well, look, I mean, and, and just to get onto that, sorry to cut across you, like if it does go ahead, you know, Arsenal haven't won at, at, at your place, I think, since maybe it was the yeah, 2013 yeah. 14 season. Like, we won right. in the Carabao Cup one time, but in the league, I think it was when Thomas Rosiski scored that, that stunner sort of early doors. Um, yeah, yeah, and so you, you've done very well against us. I mean, of late in general, and definitely at, at, at um, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and formerly White Hart Lane. But you know, Arsenal have won the last two. Um, they've both been at the Emirates. Um, there was the three-one this season, which obviously was under Nuno, and, and there was a context to that. And then the two-one at the back end of last season, which we, you know, we played well, but by the end of it, I think you were, <laughs> you were threatening, threatening us quite a lot. But you, you've lost two on the trot against Arsenal, which hasn't happened that much over the last sort of five years or so. If the game goes ahead on Sunday, what, what, what are you thinking? Will it be three in a row, or do you, do you think you can, um, you can do it? I can't see us losing. Yeah, no, I, don't, I can't see us losing uh, two home London derbies in under Conte in the space of four days. Mm. Um, I think the league record is really good under him. I even if we did, even if we, it wouldn't surprise me if we drew. We like a draw, um, Spurs and Arsenal. I do think we, with the squads as they are, I do think we'd nick it. Um, I just think the crowd. I don't, obviously we haven't had a derby at the new ground with with fans, and when it's rocking, this seventeen thousand seat a stand behind the goal, it literally sucks the ball in the net. So I would be surprised if we lost. I really would be surprised if we lost this game. Um, it would be very surprising to me. But so I do think we'll win. I don't think it will be easy. We make it hard for ourselves in every aspect. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I, yeah, I just don't see us losing. And I think the, the thing is with Arsenal, I think you've got, regardless of the squad or whenever this game is, you've got to come and win. Because mm. if we get a draw, that's not a bad result for us. It just means we stay where as it is mm. with two points off you with a couple of games in hand. Um, you've got to come and win, in my, in my opinion. You might disagree, but I think you, if you want to finish in the top four, you have to come and beat us. Yeah, it's definitely a big opportunity. And I think 
I, I was talking to a few Arsenal boys uh, recently and, you know, the last two sort of big games that on the road, sorry, uh, against Everton and Manchester United, we we sort of bottled and we played really badly in the end or, you know, played all right for a bit against Manchester United, but lost both games. And, you know, those are two sort of big opponents away from home, Man United sort of vying for similar positions and, and we couldn't do it. And so I think, yeah, this Spurs game, if it does go ahead on Sunday, is a is a real sort of, you know, third time lucky sort of thing where we do need to show that we are, like you say, not just going to not do it when we should do it. Um, I think Arsenal are, you know, definitely on the basis of sort of more consistent recent performances, bar that Nottingham Forest game, different circumstances, I've chalked that off. But, you know, we are capable of hopefully going to Spurs and, and sort of winning there for, for the first time in years. But... Yeah, I think for me it would be it would be excellent to win because you know we've got a bit of ground to make up and and the sort of message that would send and and the belief of the players. But also for me, it's just like don't lose the North London derby. Like you obviously want to win it, but I think given our record there recently and you know teams will continue to drop points here, there, and everywhere. Just don't lose it and and play well. How Spurs fans do that coming coming to the Emirates? Just don't lose. Yeah, exactly. So I think when you're when you're the away side, you obviously dream of a brilliant performance. But as we always say, anything can happen. It could be anyone's day. And just don't just make sure you play well. You don't do anything stupid, and you don't come away with a loss because that's the most important thing. And and I think the thing with Arsenal at your home ground recently or over the last few years is that we've always not played that well and pretty much always lost. So I'm hoping for at least one of those things to sort of come right. Um, the only time you have played well in recent years at our place was when we drew one or when you missed the penalty to win it in, in the 90th minute. Oh, yeah. Minute. yeah. That was the one time where we were awful. We were so bad that day. I remember that. I don't know. That was during our run-up to the Champions League final where in, the, in Europe we were amazing. And in the league we were like relegation form. And yeah. really really played well and deserved the win and you absolutely bottled it. Yeah, I think that was when Unai Emery was in charge, wasn't it? But look, let's um, let's leave it there for today. Hopefully the game goes ahead on Sunday. Um, I'm not going to wish you good luck because well, we'll why would I do that? Three weeks if it doesn't go ahead. <laughs> so, yes, what's your... you going to go with a score prediction? I'm not going to wish you any luck either. But... <laughs> Score prediction. I'll go two one to the Arsenal. I mean, my 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 non-biased head was going two two there. So I mean, two one, but two two basically. I think we will go one 0 down. But we, we, yeah, we'll go one 0 down. Oh, Harry Kane looked really good on Wednesday night. There was one point where he tried quite literally took on the entire Chelsea defence. It. it was the penalty that was never a penalty. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I saw those. They were quite funny. The ref was trying so hard to give us to try and get us to this final, and we still could. Yeah, it looked like it. Uh, um, but look, let's leave it there for today. A pleasure, Sam. Uh, thanks for your time. Thank you Appreciate Thank you that. On. You can find Sam on Twitter at samlab20. Quick reminder: you can find every episode of that sums it all up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts these days. Not just the Mixcloud. Sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at that sums it all up, and on Instagram that sums it all up pod. Got some very exciting things planned over the next couple of weeks. So don't miss that. Stay safe, everyone. And until next time, take it easy. Goodbye.